From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and we're dedicating this episode of NP Pulse to raising awareness about the importance of regular CRC screening and the nurse practitioner's role in helping to make this disease history. Colon cancer is the third most commonly occurring cancer in both men and women, and when caught in the early stages, is treatable in about 90% of people. Our guest today has over 25 years working in the healthcare community. She is a registered nurse, a certified clinical research coordinator, and the director of medical affairs at molecular diagnostics company Exact Sciences. Let's welcome Nada Milanovic to NP Pulse. Welcome to NP Pulse, Nada. It is so great to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me, April. It's such an honor to be here, and I'm so humbled to be a part of this opportunity. So thank you. Well, we are humbled and honored to be able to spend some time with you today. You have such a great story and a great background as a nurse. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, so currently, I'm one of the medical affairs directors on the screening business unit at Exact Sciences. Exact Sciences headquarters are in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and for those of you, some of you may or be, may not be aware of um, what Exact Sciences is. Our, mm-hmm. uh, our company is a, a molecular diagnostic company dedicated to changing the way we think about detecting and treating cancer worldwide. Okay. Okay. Right. Now you have a great story as a nurse because it sounds like in the past you were involved in neurosciences and academia and and now you're in exact sciences. Tell us a little bit more about that too. Sure. So I've always wanted to be a nurse from as far as I can remember, childhood, elementary school, um, always wanted to be a nurse. So that never wavered. I graduated with a bachelor's of science in nursing and worked, as you said, you know, in neurology. I worked in a community hospital um, in the suburbs of Chicago and then went on to doing research. Um, it was a nurse associate, quote unquote, position at the University of Chicago. And then prior to um, joining Exact Sciences, I led the research efforts at the University of Illinois in Chicago. And, you know, that was kind of my foundation of having just a wonderful background from a community uh, uh, bedside nursing to clinical research where I felt that I was still um, providing as a nurse in a different capacity, but as a nurse. And then um, really at the University of Illinois at Chicago is where I had this epiphany of, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do more? Um, and uh, ironically, in the colorectal cancer screening space is where I thought this is something that I can do. And, and um, you know, fast forward years later, that did 
it, it came to be true. Right, right. So exact science is all about detecting and treating cancer. And this is across the globe. And you mentioned an epiphany that you had. So you're a nurse. And at some point you had an epiphany. And it really drew you to this very topic of, of detecting and treating cancer. Tell us a little bit more about your epiphany. Sure. Being a lifelong learner and taking advantage of the academic environment, which I was at that time, it was at the University of Illinois in Chicago. I used to attend this thirst for knowledge, whatever it is, particularly healthcare and anything related to medicine. I would attend these, um, they were lunch and learns. Um, and many of the for those of you who have worked in academics, you know the residents, the fellows, the medical students, they go they go because they want the, the free lunch. Right. I was going for the learning. <laughs> um, and I remember very vividly attending uh, uh, educational opportunity, uh, which was actually during the month of March, and it was sponsored by American Cancer Society, ACS. Okay. And you may, most many of you may or may not know that colorectal cancer awareness month is actually March. and. I know you don't see me, but I have blue on. Blue is the color for colorectal cancer screening awareness. Okay. And um, I remember being at this um, educational uh, event and the presenter stated that colorectal cancer is preventable and treatable if detected early. I remember being in such shock and actually kind of embarrassed and saying to myself, wow, I wasn't aware of this. Mm -hmm. And if as a clinician, I'm not aware of it, this impactful information. What about the rest of the world who doesn't even work in healthcare or doesn't have the opportunity that I just had to learn? Um, and it was truly an epiphany where I thought, gosh, I had never realized that cancer, any kind of cancer, any type was preventable and treatable if detected early. And I mm -hmm. always laugh, you know, being in neurosurgery, I have to say, I think those that are in, you know, the nursing professional appreciate. I say I went from the brain to the butt. Um, I had a lot of <laughs> I had a lot of learning to do. So, um, given you know that I had this background, and again, while I was still at the university, I had this background as a nurse, and I had a master's in public health at that time. And um, okay. you know, I incidentally, my master's in public with it, my master's degree in public health was specifically focused on health promotion, disease prevention with an emphasis on human behavior. And I realized how much can be done with this new knowledge that I had acquired during this lunch and learn. And, you know, ironically, several years later, I was at another <laughs> educational activity that I was always searching for. And this time it wasn't on um, colorectal cancer or, you know, any type of cancer. It was specifically related to research, clinical research. Okay. And and someone at this meeting approached me and started telling me about this wonderful opportunity. And there was an opportunity to run a pivotal trial uh, for this company, Exact Sciences. I had never heard of Exact Sciences. And um, the specific role that they were looking for was someone to run a pivotal trial in preparation for an FDA approved product. It was 10,000 patients. It was a 10,000 person clinical trial targeting study participants who were at average risk for CRC or colorectal cancer and were scheduled for a screening colonoscopy. And after interviewing for that position, um, I realized, wow, this is truly my opportunity and a springboard 
to operationalize my epiphany on a right. much larger scale. And if I could be the small piece of the big pie of helping uh, promote colorectal cancer screening, the, you know, the opportunities and, you know, with the patient at the core of my personal and professional passion, that was something that just seemed like the right thing, the right fit for my passion, my education and my drive. So then I quickly, I had the opportunity to learn about colorectal cancer and and the statistics. That's so important for us to know. And certainly I'm glad you highlighted March is Colorectal Awareness Month. And we're right in the midst of March right now. And so you're there, you're listening to this presentation and the sparks start to fly. and, And it sounds like it was a very pivotal moment for you in your career. And so you're hearing more about colorectal cancer and then it's preventable and even treatable. But I guess I'm wondering how prevalent is colorectal cancer? Do you have more information? Were you getting more information about the data behind this? Can you share with us any more about that? Um, just to share some numbers, I don't want I don't want this to be a numbers uh, podcast, but really, um, approximately 150,000 people in the U.S. will be diagnosed with colorectal cancer this year, oh, wow. and it's the second leading cause of cancer death second only to lung cancer. And it is approximated that in the US, about 53,000 people will die of CRC this year. And interestingly, yeah, um, I was not aware of that. And and Mm -hmm. interestingly, something that is uh, really very, very current is that over the past decade, the frequency of CRC in persons younger than 50 has steadily risen. And individuals younger than 50 of fifty years of age currently account for roughly 10% of the new cases in, uh, in the U.S. And along with increasing incidence, younger adults are more likely to present with a more advanced stage of colorectal cancer, which means that the survival rate is much less at a later stage, which literature shows that stage 3, stage 4, it's... Uh, 10% survival for five years versus the earlier stages when normally it's not even symptomatic, it's 90%. So there's a stark difference there with survival. And mm-hmm. you may have also heard that over the past few years, various guideline making bodies, including American Cancer Society and the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, better known as USPSTF, have decreased the recommended screening age from 50 to 45. So now the recommendation is start screening at 45. And historically, it was start screening at the age of 50 for average risk. Wow, that's quite an evolution. So of the 150,000 people estimated to be diagnosed, a lot of those people are, are younger and and present with actually more advanced symptoms. That's That's just, I didn't know that either. Yes, April, and beyond the age, the the decreasing to 45 from 50, uh, cancer incidence and outcome vary extensively between racial and ethnic groups, um, largely because of longstanding inequalities in wealth that lead to differences in risk factors, which are exposures and, and barriers to equitable cancer prevention, early detection, and treatment. And, you know, just a fact that maybe 
maybe someone knows or doesn't know that CRC incidents and mortality rates are higher in non-Hispanic black men and women when compared to non-Hispanic men and women, and mortality rates are even higher for American Indian or Alaskan Native men and women. Oh, wow. So now we're really getting into how we're th- seeing things evolve over the years and and how we are continuing to see the data and learn more about cancer detection and treatment. And then there's a, a very big element of healthcare disparities. And it's not just age, race, um, ethnicity. It's it's really a lot about the social determinants of health. So I'm going to kind of change gears a little bit because you and I are talking today and many of our listeners are nurse practitioners and, and many are AANP members, so members of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And this is how you and I really got to know each other a little bit better. So how did you find out about us um, as a nurse practitioner organization? Sure. Well, funny that you asked me that question. Um, to me, it only makes sense that companies such as Exact Sciences would want to collaborate with AANP in the mission to increase colorectal cancer screening rates in the U.S., given the NP role and the opportunities to touch colorectal cancer screening, whether it's from a public health perspective or at the patient level. Um, I have always seen the nursing profession, whether it, whatever level, and I'm using that term, you know, very, very broadly in terms of education experiences and roles, Okay. Um, nursing as the golden key to influencing others within the healthcare paradigm, while concurrently, obviously, having a, a special relationships or a special relationship with patients and patient outcomes, particularly when it comes to promoting health and wellness. And as you stated, you know the social determinants of health and and all of that. I mean, I just really think that. The nursing profession and nurse practitioners play such a unique role here. I I really appreciate how you stated that nursing was the golden key. And when we talk about nurse practitioners in particular, they are really at the intersection of of healthcare in many cases. And and they are the ones that are performing the screenings and really helping to lead towards detection. Can you tell us a little bit more about colorectal screening? Sure, sure. Um, and one of the things that I really, really w- want to touch on is, as you stated, the nurse practitioners and their role. The mm-hmm. uniqueness of colorectal cancer is that there is a long dwell time. And this okay. was very, very uh, new news for me um, when I learned that it takes over 10 years normally, the evolution of the colorectal cancer adenoma to an early CRC typically takes over 10 years, providing an important opportunity for screening and early detection. and nurse practitioners being that they are seeing these patients they have the opportunity to speak with them to talk to them about colorectal cancer risk Um, what is colorectal cancer what are the opportunities for screening and how beneficial screening and early detection can be and 
No one can do it alone. We are a team. We are a multifaceted world of healthcare. And we know that currently colorectal cancer screening rates are below the the targeted. There is a target of 80% um, screening throughout the nation. And we are less than 70%. And every state in the U.S. is below the recommended 80%. So oh, we have such opportunities here. And again, the, the the golden key lies with the nurse practitioners and all the great work that you are all doing. I so agree. And um, well over, not a, well over a billion visits to nurse practitioners every year. So I definitely feel that they can make an impact here. And, you know, when you talk about um, people getting the screenings and that that rate sounds quite low, is it because it's difficult to get a screening? Oh, there's so many, so many factors to that. Um, and I'd love to talk about that. And maybe if I could just share a little bit about um, the colorectal cancer screening process. and yes, please and, do you know, maybe building on that and then talking, I think there's so many opportunities for just awareness of what are some of the barriers, what are some things that we as, you know, a collaborative um, unit of whether it's whether it's uh, my team, whether it's AANP or, you know, the entire community from a public health perspective, screening, the screening process can actually prevent CRC by the detection and removal of precancerous growths or polyps, often that's people refer to the precancerous growths as polyps, um, as well as to detect cancer at an early stage when treatment is usually most successful, as I had stated previously. And based on modeling data, regular adherence to screening with either a non-invasive stool testing modality, such as the fecal immunochemical test, often referred to as FIT, or the guaiac-based test, often referred to as GFOBIT, or the multi-target stool DNA test, also known as the MTSDNA or FIT DNA, or structurally invasive exams such as the colonoscopy or the computed tomography colonography, also known as CTC. Lots of lots of alphabet soup here. Um, results in similar reduction in premature colorectal cancer death over. A lifetime. And okay, the, so there's there's non-invasive, and the, and then there's more invasive yes. uh, ways to screen. Okay, got yep. it. Yes, yes, yes. Those are the two major categories. Okay. And um, ACS and USPSTF have recommended that individuals at average risk for CRC begin screening, as I stated, at the age of 45 and continue through age 75 with more individualized decision-making for ages 76 to 85, based on their health status, life expectancy, patient preferences, and prior screening history. But it's known that early stage colorectal cancer typically does not cause symptoms, and which is why screening is so important. Okay, now it's all coming together as nurse practitioners we are working across all settings. We're in the hospital, in urban settings, in rural settings, uh, increasingly. And so many cases, nurse practitioners are that point person or provider uh, to many uh, people that live in different communities across all areas. 
So screening becomes extremely important here. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, in terms of impact, uh, also would like to touch on that. USPSTF concludes with high certainty that screening for CRC in adults aged 50 to 75 has a substantial net benefit. They also conclude with moderate certainty that screening for CRC in adults ages 45 to 49 um, has a moderate net benefit. And uh, they also state that with moderate certainty, screening for colorectal cancer in adults ages 76 to 85 who have been previously screened has small net benefits. That's why they, again, talk about the individualized decision-making for 76 to 85. But the biggest um, point that I want to drive home is that adults who have never been screened for CRC are more likely to benefit based on the modeling data and based on what USPSTF has concluded. Okay, and this is what you were saying earlier, the earlier age has a benefit, we're seeing a benefit, and those that have never been screened are more likely to benefit from this screening. Tell us more. <laughs> sure, I can talk about it all day long. <laughs> you know, there might be a limit to how much I can I, I can squeeze in in this half hour. Um, many people think that once they are screened um, and hopefully have a negative test, that they're done, one and done, okay. right? But that's not the case. That, okay. is that is something that is inaccurate, and I like to call it the Achilles heel. The non-adherence is actually the Achilles heel of systematic universal CRC screening programs. The CDC has Good reported point. that in 2018, the most recent data showed that only 68.8% of adults, Americans, 50 to 75, were adherent with the recommended screening guidelines. And as I had referred to earlier in the podcast, that there is the, um, the National Colorectal Cancer Roundtable national goal of 80% compliance, which is specific to greater than or equal to 50 years of age because again, the 45 age rate has just recently come into play. So the data that we have is still lagging behind, but we're still severely uh, below the 80% target. And Okay, so you make some a really important point there. So getting screened in the first place, but regular screening is very important as well. And so how, does, does everybody know this, that, 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 screening and regular screening is 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 very important to detection well there's definitely based on the data that we've seen is that um there is opportunity for more knowledge and awareness from a healthcare provider perspective and from a patient perspective okay okay and increasing public awareness through provider recommendations media campaigns educational interventions along with improved health access has been showing to increase the overall adherence for CRC screening. And given the large and growing number of NPs, again, I saw that I think there's over 300,000 licensed NPs in 2021. That's right. And uh, the reach that you all have, including, again, the 1 billion patient, more than 1 billion uh, patient visits each year, um, you are uniquely positioned to have a significant impact not just on CRC screening, but on your patients. Um, the, the patient centricity, I know that that's inherent to, to nurse practitioners. 
Well, it sounds like, and, 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 you know, I think you're, what you're talking about really, um, this is beyond COVID. This is something that we have learned well over time, but I think it's really interesting how you made the connection with nurse practitioners and colorectal screening. Was there anything, do any personal story or anything you'd like to share? Oh, sure. And, and just to touch on you, you, you had mentioned, you know, COVID gosh, the opportunities, all of this data that we have, they're not even reflective of COVID. So the fact that we are using the data that we have thus far doesn't even account for the impact that COVID has had on healthcare in general, including colorectal cancer screening. Um, So, but, but talking about, is there something you know specific to nurse practitioners um i recall and it's actually um, a patient story on uh, our company website where um there is a person by the name of brenda and it's on the website so it's it's available uh, uh to everyone brenda was a breast cancer survivor who she already knew the importance of focusing on her health and staying um staying current with her regular checkups and mm-hmm. her primary care provider happened to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. And during a routine checkup, um, Brenda uh, was asked by her, her nurse practitioner, who in this case was Mary. Um, and uh, she, Mary asked Brenda about colorectal cancer screening because Brenda was overdue. She was 57 years old and was overdue for screening. And Mary discussed options available to Brenda given her average risk um, and the screening options appropriate for Brenda given her average risk. And so she followed through with the non-invasive stool DNA test. And um, surprisingly, um, it was positive. It was positive and um, Mary called Brenda and shared with her, you need a follow-up colonoscopy you need to go for with any non-invasive the next if it's a positive the follow-up is a colonoscopy so uh, brenda was scheduled for her colonoscopy and her colonoscopy revealed a stage one colorectal cancer and she required surgery and following her surgery given that it was um, an early stage cancer she did not require any additional treatment she was back to her routine within weeks and was ready to hit the road again with her husband. They were big travelers. Um, and, and some quotes that, that um, Brenda shared that I'd like to share that were very striking and something for us to all think about, whether we're a patient or a healthcare provider. Um, a lot of people out there think it's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Getting the word out and getting people screened is the most important thing. Don't take your life for granted. That was feedback from Brenda. Oh, I love that story. And and you mentioned Mary, um, the nurse practitioner, but that's very, uh, that's like many nurse practitioners, 
uh, particularly in the primary care. And, and they have these longstanding relationships with their patients and they really talk through all of the different options. So they're having this conversation about screening. And so Mary talks about the different options and, and Brenda chooses the Cologuard and then, and then goes on to show that she's positive, but that's, this is early on. I think this is so important for not only nurse practitioners to know um, all of the different options that are out there, but it's also important for patients to know how do we get this information to our patients? Oh, well, that's a great question. I think the opportunities are endless. Um, just to share with you some data that shows the the great impact that certain certain tactics can have. For example, discussing CRC screening with patients can increase adherence just by discussing. Um, and oftentimes it's not discussed. In one study, the, the percentage of patients up to date with colorectal cancer screening was 23.8% when it was not discussed oh. during the healthcare provider visit and increased from 23.8 to 74.7 when the topic was included in the consultation. Big. That's yes. a huge change. Yes. 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 You know, another literature review showed that patient navigation, right, at the heart of so much of what we're so accustomed to, patient navigation, including guidance through complex healthcare systems and addressing what we had talked about, the social, cultural, educational, and logistical barriers, enhances CRC screening completion by twofold as compared to the usual care. Okay, so stepping with the patient through the process. Yes, meeting the patient where they're at. And um, current guidelines from USPSTF, ACS, and other uh, guideline bodies such as NCCN include several validated screening modalities and encourage discussion between healthcare providers and patients regarding the pros and cons of all available CRC screening options, the process known as shared decision-making, which yep. we've addressed mm -hmm. previously. Um, patients can then make informed decisions and choose between more invasive, such as the colonoscopy or sigmoidoscopy or CT colonography, or non-invasive stool-based tests, such as the multi-target stool DNA test or FOBT and FIT, based on their preferences, their personal okay. preferences. Um, and this shared approach results in patients that are more likely to identify a screening test that aligns with their own preferences. This concept is captured well in the 2021 USPSTF recommendations. And I don't know how involved or how familiar you are with USPSDF just recently in May of last year updated their recommendations for a CRC screening and a quote that they stated, which I think really resonates, is that each screening test has different considerations for implementation that may facilitate patient uptake of and, of, of and adherence to screening or serving as a barrier to screening. So this is really something, the patient preference and the opportunities for shared decision making. That's wonderful because every patient is different. They come um, with a different context and it's so important for that nurse practitioner to really talk with the patients and make that decision on the different options for screening together. I have just really learned so much. I've enjoyed your, your experiences and your stories, and I have learned a tremendous amount 
about colorectal screening and how important it is, especially at the earlier ages and, and getting that done. Is there anything that you would like to share, anything that you haven't shared already uh, with the nurse practitioners that are listening today? So yes, again, I firmly believe that the NP role in any type of nursing position has a very important seat at the table when it comes to increasing the colorectal cancer screening rates in the US and even beyond. And I urge you to leverage your amazing knowledge, skills, and talents when speaking with your patients, administrators, and or even your colleagues when it comes to influencing, educating, screening, and even recommending or ordering recommended CRC screening tests that the patient is preferring. Um, CRC is one of the most preventable and treatable forms of cancer, and all of you can have a huge impact on this public health problem. Thank you, Nada. I'm so glad that you went to that lunch and learn all those years ago. You have shared so much with us and you've made such an impact. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Nada. As NPs take the lead in colorectal cancer screening, I'm confident we can get over that 80% threshold in the U.S. If you'd like to know more about AAMP's resources and education on CRC, please check out the podcast description on whichever platform you're listening for links from this episode. There are also several sessions about colorectal cancer screening and prevention at the upcoming 2022 AANP National Conference. It's this June in Orlando, Florida. If you haven't registered yet, I hope you will soon so that I can see you at our first in-person national conference since 2019. Please subscribe to this podcast, share with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always... Be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm.